Not a single, not a double, but a triple. Welcome to the Triple Option Podcast with Ryan Gregory and Devin Voss, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Option Pass podcast. I am your co-host Ryan Gregory, and joining me, as always, is the lovely Devin Foss. Threw you a little curveball today. Let me open it up. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Yeah, I like I like hearing you open it up. It's always an injection of energy. Yeah, a little, little bit of passion, a little bit of a di- different voice coming to you on the ra- on the radio waves today. <laughs> uh, we, we got kind of our 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 peace day resistance episode and it's only the second one of the previews we're we're kind of we're kind of getting the good stuff out of the way early but this is this is for for you long time triple option pass listeners this is our bread and butter this is sec and sunbelt preview day mm-hmm. it's like christmas it's christmas in august evan absolutely especially the sunbelt included yeah our, our darlings of the group of five which such a funny story how, you know, five years ago, the Sun Belt was the absolute laughing stock of the, of the college football world. Now, all of a sudden, some, some of the most fun, most fun teams and best candidates for realignment into the uh, power five reside in the Sun Belt. Yeah. Who would have thought? Arguably second best group of five uh, conference. And then soon to be home of Texas and Oklahoma, the SEC. Yep. <laughs> Nothing but Lovely. newsworthy stuff. You want to kick it off with uh with the big guys or the little guys today, buddy? Uh, let's do little guys. Go wherever you would like to start first, whatever division. Oh Hand boy! It kick it off with the with the little guys. I you know what? I I think that we'll start at the lowest of the low. Okay. And I I think you know where I'm going with this. The Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. Ooh. Because. What what an off season they had where they said, you know what? Why why try? <laughs> and so they hired Terry Bowden away from they hired Terry Bowden away from Clemson, where he was he was a senior assistant <laughs> somehow. And they somehow. they're like, you know what? You should come be a head coach again. And so if better. that wasn't enough, it gets yeah, better. exactly. Yes. If that's not enough, <laughs> Rich Rod comes in as <laughs> offensive coordinator. He's back, baby. He's back. ULM's just saying, you know what? Let's run back the year of 2005. That's going to be good for us. In 2020, let's play like it's 2005. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. What, what do you think about the, War, the Warhawks this year and um, offensively? <laughs> um, actually, offense isn't, isn't god-awful. Uh, they got some okay wide receiver talent. I'm just kidding. No, they suck. Uh, they they don't have any uh, – the running back situation is pretty scarce. The O-line needs to be fixed. I uh, I mean, Rich Rod brought in his his son, Brett Rodriguez. He's going to be competing at quarterback. <laughs> He's the only one that's mobile on the roster. So it's it's honestly pretty likely that Rich Rod is coaching his son at ULM this coming more, year. Yeah, more than likely. And – uh, I mean, yeah, this, this team only averaged 16.3 points a game last year. 
4.8 yeah. yards per play. This is this was not a good team. Yeah, I mean, if the the one bright side you can look at for ULM and Terry Bowden is that there are no expectations. So <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, if they're terrible, no one's going to be like, oh, the Warhawks were so suited for a great season. They're like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I think – sorry, go ahead. No, I was just say at the very least, I don't think they go 0-10 again. Mm-mm. I think no, that they'll, would be They'll squeak hard. something stupid out. I mean, their, their defense is truly horrible. I mean, they lost a lot of people, and they allowed 465 yards a game and 42 points a game. Like, it's terrible. Like, the, the fact that they're, they're in danger just dropping down to FCS at this point, like just a poverty franchise, not franchise, university. Yeah, ULM pretty struggling pretty hard in football. That's definitely for sure. Although I'm not sure what all they're truly good at. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of sports where they're, uh, you know, succeeding real well. Maybe rowing. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe rowing. <laughs> all right. Um, we'll, we'll stay in the, in the Western side right now. Um, yeah. let's, so we'll stay in the West with our, with our analysis here and, and kick it over to Texas state. I mean, kind of a surprise last year. I mean, for, for triple option pass listeners of last season, Pretty much every week when we would preview, we'd be like, all right, Texas State, easy loss, moving on. But they ended up putting scares into a lot of teams that I didn't think they would, and their, their passing game was actually pretty fun. Uh, do you have any any faith in the in the Bobcats this season, Devin? Actually, yes. So interesting statistics Ooh. I was able to pull up. Uh, in 2019, uh, Texas State averaged only 18.4 points a game in like almost five yards of play. Last year, those numbers jumped up to 27.7 points a game and 5.7 a snap. So, I mean, it's not like huge. I mean, it's a huge jump, obviously. That's a giant jump for a team. Uh, in terms of, like, actually scoring 27, I mean, that's pretty solid. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, they got pretty good quarterback, uh, Brady McBride. Um, I loved McBride last year. Yeah, and... Uh, they're pretty deep at running back as well with Calvin Hill and Brock Sturges. Um, but other than that, it's I think it's really the defense that has a lot of work. Yeah, and with, with Texas State defensively, the best part about that is they have continuity, which in the Sun Belt, that is, that's that's 90% of the equation. They have guys that they can trust back there. I mean, they bring back four of five in the, in the secondary. Most of their front is back. So I'm, I'm at, at least want to see some minor improvements and that should be available on top of what they've already done offensively. So I, I like the projections for Texas state this year. I mean, the West looks a little bit weak outside of uh, Lafayette. So and, until uh, Butch Jones gets things rolling in Arkansas, blah, blah, in Arkansas state, I, I could see Texas state being a real contender for that number two spot this year in the West. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely things they have to improve on. I mean, they had surrendered 38 a game last season. Um, only ranked, or I mean, they're ranked eighth in pass efficiency defense. Only got 12 sacks. Um, there's a lot of room for improvement, but yeah, as you said, I think things uh, are definitely kind of coming up for them. And um, they also dipped into the transfer portal for a lot of talent as well, uh, grabbing safeties, D linemen, cornerbacks. You name it, uh, they grabbed it. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think, I think Texas state is kind of coming up in the Sun Belt. Uh, Jake Spittle is finally figuring it out for them. Um, and I think, I think going onwards, uh, this Texas state program will continue to get better. Yeah. And another team in the West is kind of a, not a sleeper, I would say, but, a, a, a sneaky could be fun team is South Alabama. Absolutely. So Kane Womack comes in from IU, uh, a traditionally de- defensive guy. So you're thinking, okay, whatever. It'll take a little bit for him to get his defense in there. You know who they brought in as OC? Bring it to him. Major Applewhite, former Houston head coach. It's awesome. He was like Cliff Kingsbury before Cliff Kingsbury. He was part <laughs> of that whole offensive revolution tree, but he was just – he couldn't live up to the bill at Houston. I, I liked what he did at Houston. I thought he had some really good teams. He did. His defenses just were always terrible. Yeah. So this is the perfect situation. I mean, Womack is a really good defensive coach. And also, tell me if this name rings a bell. Jake Bentley. Yeah. He transferred there from Utah. Yeah. So there's three pieces right there. I mean, Jalen Tolbert is like one of the best receivers in the group of five as well. So all that all that thrown together, I'm kind of optimistic about the, about South Alabama, at least on offense. What about you? Yeah, I think they're a sneaky good team this season. Um, it's good for Kane Womack. I'm glad that he ended up with a job, especially one at South Alabama. What better place to start? Which sounds kind of weird to say, but with all the stuff you know he was able to bring in, it, it's looking like a good situation now. Um, Recruiting happened. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> their O-line sucked last year, like literally 40 sacks given away. But they dipped into the transfer portal and got like an entirely new starting five. <laughs> <laughs> like literally five O linemen. Um, I'm not totally sure if all of them will start, but at least they'll have depth there this season. Uh, and additionally, they really need to establish the run game. Uh, only 2.9 yards at carry last season. That's definitely That's a big brutal. struggle. Yeah. Um, but I, I do, I do think that this team will be sneakily, sneakily good, especially with Jake Bentley. I mean, with someone of, you know, power five talent playing here. And I mean, not to mention that Jake Bentley is not even that bad of a quarterback. It's, he was it's great at South Carolina. Yeah. It's going to be a fun team. I think, especially on offense defense. Uh, yeah. As you were alluding to, it's, it's going to need some work. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel better about it because their main issue is pass rush, which Womack is really good at. His four two five get gets home more often than, or got home more than it should have at IU. There's no reason I don't see that translating at South Alabama. His, his stunt scheming is really, really good. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if he just gets decent play out of the corners that he already has, I mean, like I could see an immediate improvement just based on a better scheme coming in for him. Yeah, and if I mean, if you look at it, they, they – Surrendered 27.3 points a game, which it's bad, but it's not that <laughs> bad. Like, you know, like it's not, it's not terrible. It's not among, you know, some of the worst defenses in FBS. So it's not yeah, like you won't go, you won't go 0 and 12 if you surrender that many, but you right. won't win all the time. And you're bringing in nine starters uh, back. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, there's definitely going to be, you know, room for um, improvement and, obviously transitioning period, but 
Yeah, I, I think also South Alabama is much similar to Texas State. Also a team to start looking out for in the Sun Belt. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of new head coaches, let's pop over to Arkansas, talk about the Arkansas State Red Wolves. And new head coach Butch Jones. Brick by brick. I mean, brick by brick. <laughs> what, a, what an idiot. That was one of the worst press conferences ever. But – you want to know who they brought in uh, to compete for the quarterback job? Let's give it to him. James Blackman, former Florida State quarterback. And it's the crazy. Sun, it's the crazy. Sun loaded. It's crazy because Lane Hatcher is actually a good quarterback, too. Exactly. But now he's going to get some real, like, power five competition. Like, Lane, Lane Hatcher is, like, legitimately good, too. Yeah. I, I think he's going to win that job. But just, like, Put Blackman in, in in like goal line situations because right. he's such a good running threat. Yeah. Or just like a jump pass or something. I'm, I mean, I'm Arkansas State has a lot of talent. Yeah. They're, they're left in good in a good spot because their coach was fi- was hired away and not fired. Blake Anderson went over to Utah State, for Still those of you that don't know. Still makes yeah. sense. That is – it's a downgrade. Yeah. It's a worse jo- – uh, whatever. We whatever. don't need to get well, – yeah. We'll, get we'll to do that. this on Mountain West. We'll do this on Mountain <laughs> West preview. But anyways, the, the roster's left in pretty good position with, with like historically great recruiter, Butch Davis. I think that Arkansas State is not going to be like, you know, destroying the West this year. We'll get to the team that's going to be doing that. But I mean, this could be a real challenger, especially if Louisiana loses Billy Napier soon. Arkansas State might get back to like winning the Sun Belt off in territory. You think do you see that for him? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you got, I mean, Hatcher as your quarterback, bringing back four starters up front, um, and you got two great pass catchers. Plus, as you as you said, Butch Jones a great recruiter. I mean, this is this is a good base for Butch Jones to come into uh, and potentially lead this team to a pretty solid record this season. And I mean, hey, let's be honest they they even kind of impressed last year. They beat. Is Kansas State right? They beat Kansas State. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's not like you know Arkansas State was even bad, as you said. You know their head coach wasn't fired; he was hired. So um, you come into a position, and hey, maybe this is a good thing for Butch Jones too. Maybe you can rebuild his reputation after a blunder of a Tennessee job. Um, and really, the thing that Butch has to fix here is is the defense. I feel like we keep bringing this up for these three teams, but yeah, the defense it's, it's is, always the truth. <laughs> just are not good. If you're not named Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, honestly, what, what sucks for Arkansas state is uh, their best defensive player. Justin Rice followed Anderson over to uh, Utah state, but following uh, Butch was, were two um, pass rushers from Tennessee. And they bring in someone from West Virginia as well. So, I mean, there's an infusion of power five talent coming in where the loss of good talent was. I mean, I, I they, they need to be better in pass protection. They allowed 314 yards per game through the air last year. Just can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's it. They're bringing back their whole secondary and with an, an infusion of, of power five players. I see no reason why that won't see an uptick. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. It returning starters plus all those transfer additions. Um, 
the defense will definitely make improvements. It surely won't be giving up 37.2 points a game uh, this upcoming season. <laughs> you know, you... Pause. Pause. Nope, not. Right. West here in the Sun Belt. Our darling Louisiana raging Cajuns. Devin, right. you just, you just want to dive Hold in. Hold on. Hold on. Redo that. Redo that. Are you kidding me? Redo that. It was it was good for a minute and then it and then it went out and then you came right back in as you started saying the raging Cajuns. <laughs> okay, we'll try again. Yeah. All right. Um, sorry, A B. This is a lot of editing. <laughs> We're not even to the SEC yet. Bye. All right. Three, two, one. And that, dear Devin, brings us to our our sweethearts, our darlings, our group of yeah. five, our our baby boys. Yes. The Louisiana raging Cajuns. Do you just want to dive in, Devin? Do you, just, do you just want to go? Yeah, let's do it, man. Go for it. <laughs> You've earned this. All right. Well, I mean, really, the, the keys on offense for them this season is who's going to replace the amazing tandem of Elijah Mitchell and Trey Riggins. And Not an easy job. It's definitely not an easy job. But when you're Louisiana, you are recruiting some of the best talent in the Sun Belt it's probably not going to be that big of an issue, especially when you got a guy like Levi Lewis leading you. Um, this is a super senior season. Uh, totally expect another dominant season because they have one of the best O-lines in the Sun Belt. And not to mention, the wide receiver core for their offense fits perfectly. I mean, it fits. there's no number one option, but he doesn't need a number one option. Uh, everyone's huge. Everyone's just taller than everyone else in the Sun Belt. Exactly. Um Really, the only thing they they really truly have to look for uh, on offense is please find a consistent kicker. Just just please. <laughs> oh um, no, that's true. <laughs> um, outside of that, uh, they're golden. They're going to be powerhouse of the Sun Belt once again this season. I, I agree that the defense is all back. They're, they get back their top two tacklers and Lorenzo McCaskill and Farad Gardner. Yeah, I mean. You, you covered it all on how the offense is just loaded. They have an embarrassment of riches. I mean, they just need to get a little bit better against the run. That, that's like the only thing that they were lacking a little bit last year. Yeah. But when you play teams like Coastal and Georgia Southern, they're going to run on you. Yeah. So, I exactly. mean, you, you got to nitpick to find issues with Louisiana, and that's the best compliment you can give. Right. I mean – Defense only allowed 22 a game last season, uh, not even five yards uh, a play. Um, and you're bringing everybody back who's even more experienced. Um, it's it's going to be so fun to watch Louisiana again this season. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be our darlings. They're going to be challenging for a New Year's Six Bowl. You, you'd, you'd have to imagine, yeah. especially since Napier stuck around. I mean, they're going to be flirting top 25 to probably begin the season, honestly. I would hope so. On, you know, we shouldn't put faith like that into the, the big would, wigs of the sport. Yeah, that's true. But, it, I mean, you know, a number 25 spot isn't unrealistic. Not unrealistic at all. Uh, let, let's kick it over to the East, and we'll start with our guys, the Troy Trojans. You know, it used to be. Troy was the was the class of the Sun Belt back when that didn't mean that much. <laughs> yep. And they have been 
uncharacteristically not great on offense recently, but nah. they're bringing, bringing back all 11 offensive starters this year, bringing in some transfers. I mean, do you think we're seeing an upward trend or a downward trend for Chip Lindsay in his third year over at, uh, over at Troy? I mean, you could only hope. I, I mean, really, offense has been their key issue. Their defense has honestly been pretty fine. Their um, defense has been as advertised. They they never drop a, a, a dime on that side of the ball. Exactly. Um, and they're bringing back eight starters there. So it's like defense you don't really have to worry about. But, um, yeah, this offense, it's really got to get kick-started. And what's better for a kickstart than a QB battle? Uh, Troy brought in. Uh, Missouri transfer, uh, former backup, um, Taylor Powell. So they're also infusing some uh, power five talents into this QB battle between him and Gunnar Watson. So uh, a lot of, you know, the season hinges on what's going to happen there. Um, Other than that, I mean, they got pretty solid wide receivers with Reggie Todd and Trey Eford. Um, it's, It's like they have the talent there. They just haven't been able to fully put it together. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Troy it always has a solid roster, but they've they've just been doomed to mediocrity as of recent. And for for whatever you want to blame that for, it's probably all fitting. But I we're giving the Sun Belt too much props because everybody we're just like, you know what? I could see them being good this year. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but in our in our defense, the Sun Belt is rounding up. I think it Troy. Is. Here, I'll, I'll be negative for once. It's likely that neither of those guys fits the caliber of what we've already talked about just in the West about how good quarterbacks are going to be in the Sun Belt this year. Yeah, so I think that that will cause a little bit of drag when it comes to Troy succeeding this year. I think, sure, the, the groundwork's always there for them to be a sleeper and for them to be great. But I think if there's something that holds them back, it's that there's no established quality quarterback there like there is a, among most of the league. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, now we'll kick it over to Atlanta's team that isn't Georgia Tech. Georgia State. Mm. Um, underwhelming since they have come up to the FBS level. I mean, n- never know what to say about these guys. It's just it's like, below below to average at all times. They're, they're my whatever team. You have, do you have any other thoughts on them? <laughs> um, I mean – they have a good offensive roster. I mean, um, Cornelius Brown, the fourth is a pretty solid quarterback. Um, they averaged 33 points a game last year. So it's not like they're not scoring points. Uh, it's just their defense is not stellar. Defense um, is horrible. <laughs> um, but they led the Sunbelt sacks with 35 last year and finished second in uh, third down defense and against the run. Uh, outside of them giving up 31.7 points a game. I'm not totally sure how that adds up. I'm guessing they just, you know, their defense yeah, you gotta, just let you gotta be bad big everywhere plays. Else. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're shutting down third down and against the run, but what about the pass? Um, they also lost, you know, like two key linebackers in um, Trajan Stevens McQueen and um, Jordan Strain. So it's going to be... It's going to be tough for them on defense once again, but uh, yeah, Georgia State, not entirely always. I mean, they're, they're always average. They're always going to be, you know, get some wins in the Sun Belt. They're never going to wow you 
they're also never gonna i guess disappoint you yeah i mean what else can you say about them i'm projecting more middle of the packness they're not going to be the worst team in the sun belt they're not going to be the best team they're just you know they'll they'll squeak out some wins that you won't see coming and they'll lose some games they probably shouldn't yep i'm i'm there might be my most neutral on team. I don't know how to feel about them. Yeah, I agree. All right. It's time. It's, it's darling time. There's only yes. three Sunbelt teams left. Yes. All triple option pass darlings. And of course, we're, we got to lead it with the team that runs the triple option. <laughs> yes. Our Georgia Southern Screaming Eagles. <laughs> Longtime quarterback Shy Wirtz off to Louisville to play receiver. Finally crushing, gone. Crushing the hearts. Of top listeners everywhere. Dude, I totally forgot he went to go play receiver. I knew he was gone, obviously. I totally forgot he's going to be a Louisville playing receiver. That just that just brought me shockwaves once again. <laughs> yeah, we sent it in our group chat back in whenever he announced. I feel like that was about February, maybe. Yeah, it was pretty We, we were like, this is silly, isn't it? We all had a good laugh. But now that the season is rolling back, we're like, oh, that happened. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they bring in a Georgia Tech transfer, which is only fitting. Name's James Graham to try and do the the quarterback situation for him. He's just yeah. he's been described as just larger Shywerts. So I mean, cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, when I mean Georgia Tech, you know they finally moved on from their own triple option, and of course you're going to have some guys that are left over. And fortunately enough for Georgia Southern, they're able to get one of those guys at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's Georgia Southern. They're going to run the ball a lot. They bring back four of their five offensive linemen, so they're probably going to be better at running the ball. I mean, last year, disappointing for our for our Screaming Eagles. They were not great last year. They were all right, but that, I mean, they weren't they weren't eight, terrific. Eight, were they four and four in the Sun Belt? Four we expect four, a little okay. better out of the we did we out did. of our out of our triple option boys. Yeah, but I mean. Defensively, they, they were really solid last year, but they lose a lot when most teams aren't. I mean, how are you, how are you feeling about the defensive side of the ball with them? Yeah, I mean, Raymond Johnson leaves. Um, Richard Bird and, and Renard Ellis um, at, at the linebacker spot, they're gone. Uh, we're talking about these are like, you know, big, big time players in a defense that only held teams to you know, 20 points a game ranked first in the conference and rush defense allowed only eight plays of 40 plus yards led the Sun Belt third down and, I mean 26 turnovers like it, it keeps going on and on like it was yeah they crushed it yeah who, who would have thought the offense would be the the shortcoming for Georgia Southern last year and the exactly. defense was outstanding it was seriously outstanding and uh you know when especially at Georgia Southern you know when we talked about them last year is like this offense it's hopefully about to come full force here because, uh, I mean, you know, is shy words. He's finally experienced. You had JD King, uh, Wes Kennedy, like you had the guys for it. It just didn't, just didn't end up turning out, but JD King's back. So that's positive for their offense. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Georgia Southern does this season. I'm, I'm unsure about how they're going to end up performing. I mean, the secondary should be great. And in a league full of outstanding quarterbacks, that's exactly what you need right now. So, I mean, 
I, I trust the defense enough, even with some losses in the in the front seven. My biggest question is, can they just get the ball rolling again? What on what has always been their strong suit? Yeah, seriously though, I it's that's definitely one of the biggest things for them this season. All right, we'll we'll kick it over now to the the team that's really gone full circle when it comes to Group of Five fandom, the Appalachian State Mountaineers. Hey guys, because hi guys, thirty five year veteran Zach Thomas is finally graduating. <laughs> Can we believe it? It's shocking. It's it's disturbing. I don't know what to think. It's sad. Sad to see him go, but. The Mountaineers have gone full circle as far as group of five fandom has gone because we used to love them. They became the group of five team to beat. And last year, I found myself rooting against them when our darling Coastal Carolina Chanticleers <laughs> came to town. So they've gone full circle from being my darling to someone I could root against. It's, it's truly shown their ascent into one of the better group of five teams in their short-lived time in, a, in FBS. But, you yeah. know... We lose Zach Thomas, and before him was Taylor Lamb for four years. So, like, they've had two quarterbacks, like, in the last decade. But now, tell me if you know this name, Chase Bryce, formerly of Clemson. Great get out of the transfer portal for the year. I mean, things did not work out well for him at Duke, as things typically don't do for people who go to Duke to play football. (laughs) No. Corey Sutton's back. To play receiver for him. Yep. I mean, they're they're loaded at receiver. Their tight end group's one of the best in group of five. Offensive line is is back. Running back is crazy deep. I mean, Cameron Peoples is still there. Still there. I mean, oh my. This this offense is going to be hor- horrendous to try and stop. Yeah. And hey, I just gotta say, Sean Clark made you your words last season. Oh, I had zero faith in the guy. I was <laughs> such an ass. I was like, uh, you know, I don't know if he can follow up with how I feel like Drinkwitz nuked the program. He was just riding off of what Satterfield did. Nope. <laughs> it was just fine. It was just fine. That's on me. That's all right. That's all right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the offense is loaded. Uh, defense Again, going to be one of the best of the Sun Belt. <laughs> like, you don't even have to worry about it at this point. Um, but the one thing you do have to worry about is how are they going to recover with the departure of Shamar Gene Charles? Yeah, that is a huge loss. He was a stellar corner for them for so long. It's, yeah. It sucks that he's not going to be a part of that anymore. But, like, Sean Jolly is a Great. hell of a cornerback. Yeah. I mean, they'll be just fine. Let's not worry too much. Yeah, I mean, it's a defense that, since joining the Sun Belt, has not finished lower than third in yards per play allowed or fifth in scoring defense. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, tentatively, App's my pick to win the Sun Belt this year. They, they're just too deep. Ah, but I, but. I feel like... I feel like you may have a different uh, choice. And ha- have we talked about them yet? We have not. So let, let's finish out the Sun Belt with, you know, everyone's favorite team from them, from the conference last year, the yeah. Darlings, 
Beaters yeah. of BYU. Losers to Liberty. <laughs> Coastal <laughs> Carolina. Chanticleers. Devin, I'll, I'll let you go in again. Let, tell, tell me about yeah. the offense. This this one right here, that if you had a title this season, it's called uh, Group of Five, R- Revenge of the Chance Chanticleers. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the offense is just – is just stellar stellar. They're bringing back literally everybody. All five starters uh, on, on the O-line are back up front. Grayson McCall, give us some more amazing player quarterback. I mean, we watched this guy go from being, you know, the to prototypical coastal Carolina rushing quarterback to one of the, he just continually got better at passing to the point where in the Liberty game, this guy was doing like cross the body throws from nearly the out of bounds all the way down for a perfect dime into the end zone. That was the, that was the time where I was like, okay, Grayson McCall is going to be a giant problem for teams uh, in the upcoming years. And he's only, he's only a sophomore now. Um, yeah. He was so overlooked in the recruiting cycle because he was yes. a triple quarterback in high school. Exactly. No one knew he could do this until he exactly. showed up at coastal and they're like, Oh shit. Who's this guy? got an arm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like he literally has an arm. He can bomb it too. Um, yeah. And I mean, Javon um, Healy and Isaiah likely they're both back. CJ Marable's gone, but you also got to do a Reese White and Shamari uh, Jones to make up for his absence. And most important to their success, the defense is back. They return nearly every single person. Um, you're pretty much nitpicking if you're gonna if you're really gonna go in on this defense. They only allowed 28 game last season. Um, I mean, I, I think they're gonna be even better. This this coastal team was probably. I mean, they could just completely walk the table again. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I just wish that Teron Jackson was still there. Yeah, imagine how terrifying this defense would be. I agree. If they still had their I best agree. player. I but agree. you know. Like you said, it, it's it's hard to do previews this year and add any nuance because most of these teams are just running it back. Yeah, but that is abundantly clue, abundantly true with Coastal, and they were the best team in the league last year. So you know, more more than fair to say, hey, that's my team for this year because you know they were last year. Yeah, so there's I mean, no reason to assume that they won't run it back. Really, the only I mean, App State's like. Obviously, they're obviously going to be competing for that spot. The only question mark for them is, can they get Chase Bryce going? Uh, which is obviously going to be the hindering factor of their entire season. Because, I mean, as you guys have seen, Chase Bryce, not the great. Uh, I mean, at least at Duke, like we said, I mean, Duke's not a great place to play football. But uh, did not have a great completion percentage at all. Um, threw more interceptions than touchdowns. Uh, there's some there's some worrisome factors, but he's also not that bad of a quarterback. Um, just a matter of trying to figure him out. And I think App State obviously has the resources to do that. Uh, but it does hinder on that. So, it, I mean, really, it could end up coming down to the giant clash between Coastal and Louisiana. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's going to be a great year of Sunbelt football again. I'm really excited for it. Woo. Well, that'll, that'll wrap it up for the little guys. But I guess we got to go talk about the other conference in the southeast of oh. the state, the SEC, whatever. The southeast. I guess it's, it's different here, or whatever. It's something. <laughs> Where football so, is built. Anyways, 
So we'll start in we'll start in the West of the okay. SEC, and I'll kick it off with one of the most refreshing teams of the SEC West last year, the Arkansas Razorbacks. I was really not expecting much out of them in Sam Pittman's first year. I mean, they went three and seven. Don't get me wrong. We're not an outstanding football team, but I mean, signs of life from what was for a little bit there, an absolute doormat in the sec. I mean, should have beaten Auburn had the refs not absolutely given them that game. I mean, had a couple other close ones. So they were closer to, they were closer to bowling than you think. They're probably a four or five win team instead of a three win team. Yeah. I mean, Felipe Franks off to the NFL now after that weird, weird thing. Stop gap. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> stop gap quarterback. So with Felipe Franks gone now, it all falls on KJ Jefferson. I mean, he's 6'3, 240, rocket arm, and he's throwing the ball to uh, Hunter Henry's little brother, Hudson, at, at tight end. And one of the best tight, or not tight end, sorry, one of the best receivers in the, in the league with Traylon Burks slotted to be a first round pick pretty much for sure in the NFL draft this coming year. And, um, you know, Sam Pittman is Mr. O-line coach. He's got all five of his, of his guys back. Arkansas typically runs the ball pretty well. I mean, I have reason to think that that, that offense is going to be solid. Now, keep in mind, it's not going to be Bama solid. It's not going to be, you know, keeping up with the SEC solid. But I think the days of Arkansas being a joke are at least over in the SEC West. Would, would you concur? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I view Arkansas season last year as like, just like Rutgers of last year. They're like the Rutgers of the SEC. Well, um, can't, can't do any better with the comp there. Yeah. Uh, a pleasant overachieving surprise um, that looks as though it's going to keep getting better um, as this, you know, each year goes on. Um, yeah. As you alluded to, they, they won three games, but those three games uh, were obviously SEC games. Uh, they only won four total of those. From 2016 to 2019, so um, <laughs> nearly made up their entire total in one year between like three years. So um, exactly, those three wins were huge. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and they upped their scoring average last year. Um, their O line allowed 34 sacks. Got to get better there. Uh, my only worry with KJ Jefferson is he has a career completion percentage of 47. percent Yeah, not a lot of great things going on there yet. <laughs> Um, I mean, he's really, I mean, he's pretty much, I mean, a a single option here. Like you, you're going to have to roll with him, uh, and, and trust in his abilities. Um, I, I think he, I mean, obviously he has room for, for growth here. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, finding his receivers. And when you got trailing perks, it's probably not all that hard. So hopefully things work out for him. Precisely. Defensively. I mean, you got Barry Odom. At, at DC, one of the what best a, defensive coordinators in the great. in the nation. Yeah, that that dude should be a group of five coach somewhere, but instead he's just biding his time at Arkansas. Works works for them. Yeah, Grant Morgan's a future pro at linebacker. Bumper Pool, one of the best names in the sport. I mean, <laughs> the four two five is so reliant on outstanding linebacker play, and Arkansas has two outstanding linebackers. I mean. I think the defense will be fine. They're obviously going to get shredded in their in their big games against just vastly overpowered teams. But I think Arkansas will be able to hold their own. Yeah, uh, 
they they also dipped into the uh, transfer portal for a little bit of depth. But yeah, they got nine returning starters. Got Barry Odom, as you said. Um, Jonathan Marshall is gone, and the D line only nabbed like fourteen sacks last year. So they need he needs to get more uh, consistency up front. And uh, there's there's a lots of improvement overall for defense. But when you got you know Barry Odom there and um, a success. It, at a least successful culture, you know, people are starting to believe like within the team, uh, you could tell they're just kind of beat down in the sec all these previous years. So, uh, seeing them actually, you know, win a few games and, and see that they can win games. I feel like probably made a pretty big difference, uh, in, in the program and their players. Absolutely. And so now we'll kick it over to, um, another team that, that hired a new coach last year coming into their second year. Mike Leach over at Mississippi State. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, after week one, it was like, oh, here he is. Mike Leach is in the SEC. <laughs> and then after that, nothing. Off. Off. So KJ, KJ Costello, who has played college football for 30 years, he's gone. And so now we're looking at Will Rogers coming in and being their quarterback now. Yep. They lost a, a bunch of receivers of the transfer portal, but Jaden Wally, who was, who was a freshman last year and led the team in receptions, he's back. O-line just doesn't matter when you're playing Mike Leach football. Neither does the running back. So, I mean, if they got if they got decent options and Will Rogers turns out to be all right, we can see a lot of points out of, uh, out of the Bulldogs this year. Yeah, I mean, not really a shocker with Mike Leach's offense. Uh, it's really just a matter of adaptability. Um, Mike Leach is going to have to pull some new things out of the bag because you're facing some of the best secondaries in, in the entire country, in the SEC. Um, you're not going to get away with, you know, some of the shit that you would get away with in PAC 12 here, you know, you're going to have to have a good quarterback and it's really up to Will Rogers to be able to, to pull that off. Um, there will be a little bit of competition with Jake, uh, Jack Abraham behind him. But, uh, from, from my knowledge i'm pretty sure will rogers is is likely to be the green light there so um yeah i I mean i think mississippi state will be an interesting team um their defense was shockingly good for a mike leach team Um, that's just sec talent they just had the guys they always get put in bad spots by leach but they actually had the dudes to you know not get totally diced by as a result of that right and you know the Depth is not great this season on defense, um, but they do bring back eight starters um, from a team that only allowed. Um, I mean, they, they ranked fourth in fewest yards allowed per play uh, last season. So, I mean, shouldn't be a bad year. Not going to be great, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm definitely projecting lower half of the SEC for both Arkansas and Mississippi State, but yeah, we, we should see better things out of uh, the other team in Mississippi. Hey, robot man. Year of their head coach. Lane is what are they? They're not the rebels anymore. Are they the that Lane Kiffin offense is a, oh. a hell of a time? You know what? I'm quitting. Oh my gosh. 
okay, so like it it catches me up like at uh-huh. a very fast pace, and so it's like I hear it, 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 and then all of a sudden, like all your shit comes running through. I'm like, holy shit, he said a lot between this time span. <laughs> like, 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 like all of a sudden, I heard something about Lane Kiffin, and then it was like, blah, 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 and then it was like. Uh, are they even called the rebels this year? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh god, he's like expecting me to like respond to him. I feel bad because he's probably just like I was. just there talking and like he's like, why isn't he not talking back? What's going on? <laughs> I'm just sitting here like just now catching up. I was waiting on you to say stuff. I was like, all right, I'm flying solo on the rebels this time. <laughs> Fuck it ass. But yeah, um, let's let's just keep what we have from the Sun Belt and just I mean, some of the SEC stuff recorded too. Let's just start again at Ole Miss tomorrow at work. If if you can do, I'll, I'll talk to you when I have time at work, and we can just see if we can bang it out when I'm somewhere with better service. I'm not gonna lie, you sound pitch perfect right now. If you want to try one more Ole Miss take, well, of course I sound perfect now. But it's, once we get rolling again, it's gonna fuck up again. I say it's worth one more shot. One more shot, okay. One more shot, and if it's if it fucks up again, we can re-record. The, okay. the SEC. Okay. So let's just transition right back into Ole Miss. Okay. <laughs> Ready? Yep. Three, two. Oh, girlfriend's alarm's going off. Okay. Three, two, one. And speaking of schools in Mississippi who are enjoying the second year of a fun offensive head coach, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Whatever their whatever their uh, mascot is now, I don't know if they're the Rebels or the Land Sharks or whatever is least offensive of that. I mean, they're bringing back Matt Corral, which is all you need to know. John Reese Plumley is their is their um, oh god, what's the guy on the Saints? Taysom Hill is there? Taysom, Taysom Hill? Hill. Yep, right. <laughs> yep. I mean, they lose a lot of receiving talent, and the the O line was terrible last year. But with with Kiffin at the helm, with a, a solid quarterback. I, I like what I see. <laughs> it's not. It's going to be fun, at least. Oh yeah, this is this is going to be full force offensive team. Um, yeah, I mean Macrell, great quarterback, one of the best in the SEC by far. Um, and you have you know a great O line and um, great backfield. Uh, there's not really much much to. I mean, there's not really much to nitpick here. They're, they're a great offense. They're going to scare a bunch of teams, uh, especially on that side of the ball. Uh, just need to improve on red zone opportunities. They're 11th last season. And turnovers. They had 18. So uh, you, kick, you kick down some of those turnovers, uh, you're going to win some more games. And, I mean, off, they, they have the offense to do that. Yeah, I worry about their defense just specifically because DJ Durkin is coaching it. What a <laughs> what an ass! <laughs> but weirdly, really solid secondary coming back for Ole Miss. Like, yeah. is actually going to be pretty solid defending the pass. Um, I worry about linebacker, but like the D line should be solid. Corner should be solid. I think they're gonna they're gonna pull some kind of upset this year. They're they're gonna nip somebody who's not ready for them. They're they're yeah. gonna be a, yeah. among the class of the S, of the SEC West. I yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they almost did it to Alabama last season. Um, should have, may I say, should've. what a game. Should have, yeah, what a game. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. They're gonna, they're gonna get somebody this season. I'm, we're obviously not totally sure who yet, but uh, they're gonna get somebody. And um, 
don't be shocked when they do because the offense is just so high powered that you know it's 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 built to literally score there's nothing else that it's gonna it's gonna score uh you're lucky if, if it doesn't score on every freaking opportunity absolutely um Let's move on from Ole Miss and head over to the 2019 champion, the Louisiana State Tigers. Ah. Tocho running it back. That offense was abysmal last year. Just terrible. Uh, They should be looking at some consistency at quarterback, finally. Um, A lot of great pass catchers, specifically Kayshawn Boutte. Great name to say. I mean, sucks that they lost. Eric Gilbert, but they have a, a six, seven tight end taking his place. I mean, yeah, with, with LSU, with the, with the continuous churn of offensive skill players, I think, I think they will be fine offensively this year. I, I, I see nothing but turnarounds for them. Do you, do you see the same thing going on with the Tigers this year? Yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, the post borough era was certain to be a letdown. I mean, I, yes. I feel like LSU fans probably expected it. I mean, I mean, how do they bounce back from this, though? You know, right? Um, mm-hmm. They didn't only feel the the effects of Burrow's departure. They also felt the effects of Joe Brady's departure. That was um, perhaps worse. Yeah. And uh, the offense plummeted from seven, 7.9 yards of play in 2019 to 5.5, which is a pretty steep drop. Um, and mentioning people that they missed, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well. Uh yeah, the, the run game was game. worthless. Yeah, it was in shambles. 3.3 yards of carry, which is awful. Um, but uh, as you as you had already uh, mentioned, yeah, I mean, it's it's down to who's quarterback, Miles Brennan or Max Jones. What, which one are you going to go with? Um, wait, no, Miles Brennan just had surgery, didn't he? Yeah, he was. He he played really well for the first couple games for them, and then he got hurt pretty bad. He got knocked out for the season. I think he's like just now rounding back into form. If if that, I think he might still be out. I don't remember. But yeah, I, I think they're looking at Max Johnson right now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, either way, um, the quarterback situation isn't figured out until next season when they bring in their five-star recruit. Right. Um, so this is just kind and- of another. Yeah, it's, it's one of those kind of tweener years. Once next season starts back up, look look up for LSU once again. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a shame that they're kind of in a rubber year between great quarterbacks because they're wasting the one of the best cornerback duos that we've seen in recent college football history on defense with Derek Stingley and Eli Ricks. Just, just an embarrassment of secondary talent. LSU is DBU. Fight me, it Bryce. Is. Fight me, Bryce. It's not Ohio State. No, it's it's by far LSU. Sorry, Bryce. Sorry, sorry if you're listening to this. They are rocks, Buckeyes. Who who has more successful DBs in the NFL? Oh, that's right. Yeah, LSU. Anyways, yeah, uh, half of Ohio State's guys burn out. (laughs) Literally. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with you. It it sucks that you know they might end up wasting these two. Who knows what will happen? Uh, Their defense. I mean, yeah, it's going to be another solid year, but um, can new defensive coordinator Durante Jones put the pieces together this season? Um, Can't be much worse than Bo Pelini. So exactly. Uh, What a stupid hire. Why would they ever? I, 
no idea, but it was it was a one season thing, and that Thankfully. one season was awful. Seven point three yards per play, and thirty five points a game given up. Um, it's it's at least like yeah, for LSU. I mean, they're going to be fine. Um, their defensive prowess and recruiting is just going to keep feeding. Um, and with the with the five star quarterback coming in, as we said, their their offense is looking to uh, also be on the return. But yeah, it's just got to wait one more season. Sorry to tell you. Yeah, it's a real shame for the for the Tigers. And let's speaking of Tigers, let's move over, let's move over to the state of Alabama. Let's talk about those Auburn Tigers now being coached by one of our former darlings of the group of five who who got a shot. Yes. Brian Harson. Brian Harson comes over from naturally Auburn, Alabama, hires a coach from Boise, Idaho. It, it just makes sense. <laughs> just makes so, sense. So the only guy in the SEC that could beat Nick Saban, Gus Malzahn, is now currently coaching Central Florida. Yep. And so now it's Brian Harson's job to fix what was a, a suspect offense last year under Bo Nix. He brings with him uh, Mike Bobo to be his offensive coordinator, formerly a head coach at uh, Colorado State. Love the name. And uh, there, there's nothing but question marks for Auburn yeah. this year. I really like Tank Bigsby at running back. Everything oh, yeah. else, I don't, I don't know what to think about this Auburn offense. I think we're we're looking at a potential drop off a cliff here, at least in year one here for Harson. The cupboard's kind of empty. Yeah, I mean. Tank's going to be a tank, but outside of that. Oh, good one. <laughs> <laughs> O-line is uh, O-line's pretty dang weak. They lost their top three receivers. Um, can Harson, who's been noted and labeled as quarterback whisperer, get something into Bo Nix? Who knows? They also have LSU transfer TJ Finley. Um, I mean, really, as you said, I think it's going to be a steep drop off the cliff. I mean, um, but at the very least, they have defense. Yeah, let's not forget that Auburn still has the best name in all of college football with safety Smoke Monday. <laughs> Smoke Monday, baby. Uh, in typical Auburn form, they brought in a ton of transfers as well as like their usual, um, their usual recruiting prowess. And former Vanderbilt head coach Derek Mason, he's he's the new uh, defensive coordinator. Great hire. You got you got you got to think well about that. It's it's very Arkansas esque, just like someone that's way too good to be your defensive coordinator. Yep. I mean, they're going to be really good at linebacker. They're going to, as always, be solid against the pass. I don't know if they're going to be able to generate enough pass rush for what Derek Mason likes to do. So I'm I'm just seeing a lot of a lot of drop off here. I'm seeing a lot of we'll see what Harson will be when he gets his guys. I don't think the Auburn's going to be much of a force in the West this year. Yeah. I said, I said, give him a, give him a few years um, before all oh, yeah. bounces back. I think Carson uh, gets him rolling. I, I like his recruiting style and it's a hell of a lot easier at Auburn. Mm-hmm. And I, I like how he runs offenses, but I, I just think right now it, it's just not go time yet. Yeah, totally. Ah. So, now we'll move to, I guess, the the last team in the SEC West. Uh, may have heard of them, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Nick Saban coming into his 15th year. 
and has lost 23 games total in that time. What an asshole. Um, <laughs> now, now comes the Bryce Young era, and we see if he can do it. And they are losing. Yeah, right. Are you kidding me? See, what do you mean? Well, Hmm. and they don't have they don't have Sark anymore either. There's a lot of new stuff going on, but they also hello Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I mean, John Mechie's coming back at receiver too. Really like him. I really like Slade Bolden and his uh, small amount of time catching the ball for him last year. No more Najee. But you know, Bama will always Bama. have running backs. That's a run. And they will yeah. always they will always have um, O linemen too, including one from Cathedral. Fun fact: shout out Indianapolis. There you go. Yeah. I mean, of course, Bama's going to have the horses and at the skill positions and on the line. And Bryce Young, former five star, it's just like if he pans out. So I, I feel pretty good. <laughs> About Bill O'Brien being able to keep keep the engine roaring there at Bama, yeah, I, I, mean, I assume that you agree. Oh yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it literally all that is needed this season is getting Bryce uncomfortable. Uh, the dude's talented. Uh, I don't even know if talented's the right word for it. It's it's gonna be another ridiculous effort. I mean, they'll have, they lost some pieces, obviously. They, they lost a lot of talent, but it's Alabama. They got five-star backup recruits just waiting in the homes, in the shadows to replace these guys. It's it's really not that big of a thing. Uh, but with Bama this season, I re- really the only thing you have to question, Mark, is the defense. You lost some huge pieces back there. Yeah, I, I worry about... You know, linebacker loses Dylan Moses, who, you know, again, was there for a million years. You lose Christian Barmore up front. And Bama's been weirdly not great at producing edge rushers as of recent, as far as pro talent goes. They're they're always good, of course, but we're not seeing any, like, game changers anymore out of them. But that right. defensive backfield, I think, might have four to five pros in it. That, that, that backfield is bananas with Josh Job, Malachi Moore, Jordan Battle, DeMarco Hellams, Daniel Wright. I mean, they're, they're going to be pretty good on defense again if they can even kind of find out how to, how to fill up the D-line. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that, that was just me trying to bullshit it. It's, it's Alabama. <laughs> they're going to be fine. Uh, right, it's, it's Bama defense. There's three things that are constants in life. Death taxes and Bama defense. <laughs> exactly. Uh, definitely nothing to worry about for the Crimson Tide. But there is something to remind you about. That is, you almost left out the Aggies. We can't do that. Oh, I forgot to talk about the Aggies in the West. We not do that. Uh, I mean, they've already been swept under the rug enough this offseason with all the Texas news. And now I leave them out of the triple option pass preview podcast such a their fan spot. their fans are just mourning <laughs> so let's let's talk about the aggies jimbo fourth year from the mega contract from winning a championship in florida state so some reason they paid him the, as much money as possible yep um new quarterback i mean I, I was never two quarterbacks <laughs> I just meant that they got to replace. Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Sorry, whose name is escaping me? I I feel foolish. Huh? Um, Mond. Mond. That's what it was. I knew it was something close there. Um, 
the offense never really, you know, did too much for me last year. You, you want to take a little bit on the on A and M because I just don't know how to feel about them. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I mean, how are you going to replicate twenty twenty uh, with this squad without a quarterback? I mean, you. I mean, Texas A and M was a top six team last season uh, without a quarterback, really. <laughs> yeah, and this season you got uh, a battle between Zach Calzada or Haynes King, uh, two unproven guys. Um, Calzada is a redshirt sophomore uh, who passed for uh, ah, 3,429 yards and 29 touchdowns in high school. He was a three-star recruit. And then you got uh, Haynes King, who's also a sophomore, who uh, had 1,926 yards as a senior and was also uh, brushed 55 times for 506 yards. Had 20 20, um, touchdown passes, 10 rushing uh, touchdowns. He was he was a four star and regarded as a top fifteen recruit in Texas, which is a big deal. Um, but they're replacing a lot of offensive lineman talent, uh, four of them to be exact, and they don't really have any number one guys outside. Um, nobody that's stellar at the very least. So uh, the offense is kind of a question mark this season. They're definitely uh, kind of in that post. Post Kellen Mon uh, hiatus is probably what it's going to end up being. Yeah, I mean, well said. That defense, holy shit, that's going to be terrifying to go up against them. Yeah, this coming year. Yeah. Oh my God, McKinley Jackson, Demarvin Leal, Tyree Johnson, Michael Clemens. Like Jimbo has done his his job in recruiting specifically defensively. They are terrifying on the D line, and they're solid at backer they're solid on defensive on a on the secondary i'm i'm really liking what i'm seeing out of a&m when it comes to defense i think they're going to be monsters like bama-esque good this year yeah i mean they only lose buddy johnson and bobby brown uh but yeah this defense only allowed two opponents to exceed more than 240 passing cards last season so yeah just um, bananas they get after it they get after it they'll be good uh, just got to figure it out on offense. Couldn't agree more. Sorry to AM for almost leaving you out there. <laughs> so we'll, we'll hop over to the East now. The what's regarded as the lesser of the two when we come, when we talk about SEC football. But let's talk about the Missouri Tigers, the third Tigers that okay. we've talked about already. Let's do it. We're hardly in there. Eli Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz. And I hate that his first name is Alaya and not Elijah. Yeah, Alaya. Yeah. Really fucks with me. Last year, he went 5-5 five and five with Mizzou. Way better than I thought. They were one of your sleeper teams last year. Yep. Thanks to um, Kelly Bryan at quarterback, right? That's what. Yeah, that's that who you're putting your hope in? No, wait. It wasn't a – no, it was Sean Robinson. Oh, yeah, the, the TCU guy. Yep. But neither of those turned out to be any importance because Connor Baselick turned out to be one awesome. hell of a quarterback. <laughs> so a they freaking did, quarterback. They didn't need anybody else. I mean, as as the Mizzou guy, I hate to do it to you twice in a row, but like, what do you think about this offense this year, man? Well, it's uh, it's uh, it's <laughs> it's not going to have the same effect as what I mean. Larry Roundtree is gone, uh, but Tyler Batty is also not a bad running back to replace him. Um, Larry Borum is gone on the OL. Uh, that's, that's tough. That's, an NFL-sized hole to fill in right there. That's going to be a tough one. 
Um, who steps up at wide receiver? There's no like top dog, so it's just a matter of uh, who can who can go up and you know, catch the ball with consistency. But I mean, as you said, one thing they don't have to worry about is quarterback. Uh, yep, this like is shockingly great. Uh, Another random find for them. Yeah, just absolutely balled up last season. He took the job and just ran with it. It wasn't even close. Um, and a, a key win for them, they got Steve Wilkes to come in at defensive coordinator. Yeah, how about that? An NFL, former NFL head coach for one season. And, I mean, before that, widely regarded as one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. That, I mean, that's a pretty big, pretty big win for them. Yeah, and Mizzou needs it because that defense sucked out loud last year. They were terrible. Yeah. yeah. Teams threw all over them. Yeah. 7.9 yards per throw last year. And they came up with four interceptions in 10 games. Rough. Brutal. Horrible. They played Mississippi State. You should get four picks in that game alone. I agree. The, the amount of times they throw it with KJ Costello doing it, you got to pick the ball off more, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, terrible last year. They bring a couple guys back, but what does that matter when you were already terrible? Uh, Drinkwitz is an offensive guy, so like you said, they just need an infusion there from that new D.C., and they need something to change. I think Mizzou's going to be a bit of a drop-off candidate next year, unfortunately. I don't I don't see 5-5 five and five again out of them. No, but the thing is, I mean, you got to get – yeah, I mean, Drinkwitz just needs a little bit of time to get some of his guys in. And I think he'll actually Absolutely. do it. Uh, Missouri is not a bad school at any sport, really. Um, uh, they're definitely bringing in uh, an infusion of guys um, already. And um, I, I know this because for some reason, Missouri, uh, Indianapolis is a hot spot pipeline for Missouri. I see a lot of yeah, athletes around here go, go to Missouri. So, um so yeah, I mean it's it's gonna it's gonna take some time for Drinkwitz, but I yeah exactly. You couldn't have asked for anything more from a guy who, you know, is coming to his first year in the SEC, uh, plus a short off season, plus COVID, plus injuries. I mean, he was he was set up for a lot of failure. He he ended up going you know even. So can't ask for anything more from Drinkwitz. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to someone that Mizzou most so if you just want to transition, I didn't introduce that. Kentucky. Oh wait, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I meant whoever you were going with next. I didn't mean Kentucky. I was looking at Kentucky on my screen. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Uh, no, it All was right. it was fine. You just have to reach it. So. Gotcha. Okay. Three, two, one. And though I might not have that much faith in Mizzou this year, I know they'll beat one team, and that my pick for worst team in the SEC this year. 
the South Carolina Gamecocks. <laughs> Go Cox. First year under Shane Beamer. Bad hire, IMO. They lost the only things that went right for him last year, which was like Colin Hill, who threw for a billion yards, and Shai Smith, who was actually a fun receiver. They're both gone. There's there's nothing to look forward to for this South Carolina offense. <laughs> Left to say, or less to say, the defense got shredded to bits last year. Like, South Carolina is going to be bad, bad, I believe. Uh, do you yeah. agree, disagree? No, I, I completely agree. Shane Beamer. Uh, looking to uplift a, a struggling program, one that was, you know, pretty solid program uh, last decade. So it's kind of kind of an interesting steep drop off. Uh, they bring in Marcus Satterfield, that offensive coordinator, uh, bringing in a new defensive coordinator, Clayton White, who's going to be uh, upstarting four to five for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, this team only had eight passing TDs last year, uh, didn't. I mean, they Bad. they don't have really the outside playmakers to make anything happen. Uh, they're having to roll with first-year quarterback Luke Dottie. Um, yep. Good luck. And I mean, at, at the very least, they have a they have a pretty decent O line and a good running back too with Kevin Harris and Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, yeah, Harris is solid. I'll give them that. They have a solid run game. Yeah, but outside of that, it's going to be. Another year at the struggle bus, especially with the defense just being being not good, especially. Just- yeah, I mean, they, they have a, a first-round caliber defensive end in Kingsley and Agbari. Yeah. And then beyond that, <laughs> good luck, man. I hope you guys can compete with Georgia. Yeah, I mean, lost all five of their DBs, including, obviously, J.C. Horn. So it's, it's going to be brutal. Yeah, I mean – I don't, I don't want to rag on them anymore because it's, it's literally just former coach was not cut out for it, left the cupboard empty, first-year coach, and first time really doing the big show. Uh, my expectations are on the floor for South Carolina. I will be very impressed if they beat anyone besides Vandy this coming hey, maybe, year. Maybe that's a good thing for Shane Beamer. Maybe that's just what he needs. What does he need? A, a terrible year? No, I mean, I meant like, Floor expectations. That, that's a good thing. Oh, that's okay. a good thing. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah for yeah. his job security, that's a good thing. All right, and I just said the one team that they may be able to beat this year. Let's talk about it. Nashville's own Vanderbilt Commodores. <laughs> Your guy Clark Lee taking over the program. That is one of the worst in FBS football. I mean, oh. What do you oh, mean, whoa? Oh, the program. Sorry. I thought you were talking yeah. about Clark no. Lee. I was like, whoa. No, that's, Clark that's Lee's, a bold, bold. He's a great DC. <laughs> <laughs> but Vandy, markedly not great at football. They just should stick to baseball, you know? Yeah, they got a good baseball team. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Pretty good at basketball, too. Yeah, I, I, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a whole lot here. It's Vanderbilt. Um not really much to look forward to from the football side of things outside of, you know, your, your usual matchup against Tennessee with that apparent rivalry, even though they just, even, even Tennessee's bad. And they're beating you down. So um, it's Vandy. Uh, some years they're going to be decent. Most years they're going to be bad. That's really all I have to say about them. Yeah. I was figuring that we would kind of fly through these guys too, because like, for listeners of this pod, I, I know football 
decently well. I feel like I know names pretty often and like I, I know what to expect out of teams. I can't tell you a goddamn thing about Vanderbilt in 2021. I got, yeah. I got nothing for you. They're going to be bad. They didn't have anyone that stood out to me last year. It is just, it is poverty there. It is. I, I have nothing to say about them. There's nothing to say. Yeah. It's, it's a bad situation. Clark Lee is, is, I'll just leave it at this. Clark Lee work cut out for you, buddy. Good luck. Yeah, that's for sure. Let's kick it over to someone that actually figured out how to win at a tr- traditionally bad SEC football school. UK, the Kentucky Wildcats with Mark Stoops. The man has the best contract in football. If he goes to his to a bowl, his contract automatically renews and he gets a raise. He wins six games and he gets a raise in another year at Kentucky. <laughs> he has the best situation in the whole world. He can just be average forever and make millions upon millions of dollars. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, didn't watch a ton of Kentucky last year without the Lynn Bowden factor. I just didn't find myself too interested in it. I mean, they lost Terry Wilson, transferred over to New Mexico, nonetheless, at quarterback. So, I mean, quarterback's a question mark, but they have, you know, thank, thankfully for them, one of the best O-lines in college football and one of the best running backs in college football. So, I mean... Things will be all right in Kentucky. They'll win another six games and go another bowl. And yeah. Mark Stoops a, real, a very happy man. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky, I have equated as the Buffalo of the SEC. Um, That's a great you know, way to put it. Yeah, they, you know they're going to run the dang ball. That's what they're built for. That's what Mark Stoops is going to have them do. Um, and, you know, as you said, who the heck's playing quarterback this year? They got... Penn State transfer, uh, Will Levis. They That's could elect. Right. Will Levis is there. Yeah, they could elect for Joey Gaywood, uh, Bo Allen, Nick Scalzo, Kaya Sharon. Like, there's five Oof. guys competing for this spot, but it's likely going to be between Levis and Gatewood. Uh, I would both, think. Both quarterbacks who are known for their running ability, which is perfect for Kentucky. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's they're just going to continue – continue the status quo on offense and you know, they're going to have a great defense. That's they're a great and grind team. They're they're You're not going to get past them easy. That linebacking core is crazy. Jacquez Jones, like they're going to, they're going to knock some heads. Kentucky's really nice on the back seven this year. I really like Yusuf Corker. He's going to be a pretty high draft pick, in, in my opinion. Like, that that whole defense is really nice. Stoops has done a, such a fantastic job of finding guys, Georgia. They, they, but, like, the defense is really nice this year. I really like what they're rocking with. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. Um, pretty much, yeah, just, just what we said. I mean, Kentucky's just great and grind, baby. Yeah. They're going to, yeah, not to seem like lazy podcasters, but the last two teams that we've talked about are pretty known quantities. Vandy's going to suck. Kentucky's going to be annoying, run the ball a million times with Chris Rodriguez and, you know, beat you 17 to 14 
and then lose the next week, you know, 10 to seven and then win six (laughs) games, go to a bowl, beat some, you know, upstart group of five by 30 and send Mark Stoops home with another contract. Yeah. I mean, really the difference between Kentucky and Bandy is the fact that, uh, you know, when, when Bandy, some years they're decent, well, Kentucky, some years they're actually good. And then the rest of the years, they're yeah. So, yeah. And the thing with Kentucky is like their, their floor, what we expect out of them, Bandy would kill for. So it, it's, it's just a funny way to talk about the two. But uh, yeah. we'll ki- we'll kick it over to uh, the Florida Gators over there in the East. Had a a a franchise year last year under Dan Mullen. I mean, it all kind of came together. You know, they had the best offensive football player in the country last year that wasn't a quarterback. Yep, he's gone for the NFL. Yep, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask, the quarterback, he's gone for the NFL. And it's like, oh, we still got. Kadarius Tony and Trayvon Grimes. Nope. Sorry. Two best receivers are out of there too. So now Emory Jones is taking over at quarterback who, I mean, he's such a big breakout candidate with what Dan Mullen can do with mobile quarterbacks. I'm really, ex- I'm excited to see what Emory Jones can do in that offense. But I mean, it just comes down to can, can receiving options like Jacob Copeland and, uh, you know, Xavier Henderson, can these guys step up and be, be similar to the, like the, the outstanding options that Florida had to throw to last year. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like Florida fans are, are definitely excited to finally see Emory Jones in full force. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Gator fans were, were always, it, it's like how I felt about Ian book with, with Notre Dame, uh, Kyle Trask, just kind of like that big numbers guy he's gonna put up big stats in the sheet uh but at the end of the day he doesn't have that like killer factor um so it's like they're, they're just excited to see something new with emory jones and i i don't blame him emory jones looks like he's gonna ball out and um you got three returning o-linemen not really a big issue in florida you're always gonna have great recruits um and as you said with the wide receiver thing they lost tony and pitts but um yeah, I mean Justin Shorter, Xavier Henderson. There's there's definitely guys to uh, to at least help with the replacement process. And heck, I mean Kamora Gamble, the tight end. He's he's obviously no Kyle Pitts, but he's a heck of a tight end to replace him. Absolutely. I mean, Florida always keeps the cupboard stacked. And speaking of, how about that Clemson running back that they got in the transfer portal, Demarcus Bowman? Yeah, he was the 20th national player in 2020 doesn't like what he sees at Clemson heads on down to Florida, like him and Emory Jones in the backfield. We could be looking at a really scary pass or not passing. Sorry. Rushing attack out of the Gators this year. It's going to be fun. I think Florida is going to be fun once again. And it's mainly going to be fun because Todd Grantham still running that defense where he just blitzes based solely on emotion. And when he thinks that it's time to fuck shit up, and guess what? It rarely works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Care Elam is going to be a first-round pick at corner. So, I mean, there's that. There's something in the secondary to lean on. But, I mean, beyond that, um, they're, they're going to have some solid linebacker play, but that pass rush, unless Grantham's sending eight 
like he likes to do emotionally. Just can't get there on a down to down. So Florida's going to have to figure out how to score points again. I think, I think because I mean, last year, not great defense. I, I don't see a lot of improvement coming this year. Do you, do you think the same? Yeah. I mean, it's quite uncharacteristic for Florida to be as bad as what they were at defense last mm-hmm. season. Um, yeah. It's I don't gonna, know what's going on. going to probably carry over into this season. Um, they do have a, a solid core uh, with, with Elam and Zachary Carter, Brent Cox Jr. and Ventrell Miller. But, um, yeah, they have, they have guys. They have guys. I feel but they like need, the, the DC is the problem. Yeah, and they need more more production from the young guns who are going to be coming in. Um, but, yeah, I, I do agree with you. The defensive coordinator is a lot of the issue here. Um, I mean, with Florida, you're never not going to have the talent except for – you know, post post uh, Urban Meyer era, that was kind of the only time we've seen Florida struggle in a long time. Uh, they're finally back on track, and it's on weirdly just their defense that's not up to the par right now. Yeah, it's it's an odd time in Gainesville right now, and they should they should still be among the elite of the East because that's pretty easy to do. Oh yeah, they're going to be competing with them. Now let's before we get to the cream of the crop in the east, let's let's take care of one team that I hate a lot <laughs> for this for this coming year. That's gonna be our Tennessee Vols. Okay, let this me, is gonna be interesting though. Let me tell you, Devin, this is based solely off me and me alone, how I feel about a certain head coaching hire that the that the Vols made. Okay. I think Josh Heupel is a fraud. Why is he a fraud? His offense is not this revolutionary game changer that everybody thinks it is. It's watered down Scott Frost. And like, it's nothing, it's nothing special. He's riding off the, 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 the recruiting prowess that is central Florida. I think they're going to pause. God damn it. Yeah. I don't even hear you now. It done slow motion so hard that I don't even hear you. Trying to run his his stupid UCF. Oh my god, I'm just now hearing this. Oh my god. Did it just restart? Holy hell, I just now got you. Wow. Can I are you are you fully back? I think. Okay, yeah, I can hear you now. Holy hell! It was <sighs> it was silent for a really long time, and then all I heard just randomly, he's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy, funny. That was funny. Okay, we you gotta go all in on Josh. You get up. Sorry. Okay. Yep. 
We'll do Tennessee. Tennessee will be quick, and then we'll do Georgia, and then we'll yeah, get that's, out. that's fine. We we gotta get this thing going. <laughs> yeah, we we gotta get out of here. AB. Yeah, we gotta get out of here. Sorry, AB. All right, All right. Tennessee okay. coming up. Three, two, one. Before we get to the cream of the crop in the in the SEC East, let's let's take care of some of the garbage over there. Can, can I talk about the Vols, Devin? Go all in. Let me tell you about the Vols. More specifically, this head coaching hire that they made. I think Josh Heupel is a fraud. That's I think he's a big old fraud. I think he deserves the sack. I think that he should. He belongs a little in a little clown car because his his offense is nothing special. He he benefited from the recruiting that was UCF football. I, d- I don't think that was all him. Everyone can recruit in the SEC. You got to be able to play ball. I don't think Josh Heupel can play ball. I think the way that his little stupid spaceman offense is just going to get his shit kicked in against SEC talent. I, I just think I don't care if it's Joe Milton playing quarterback. I don't care if it's Hennon Hooker playing quarterback. I think the the Vols. I mean, they're let's not don't even get me started on the defense. Defense is terrible. But they lost everybody to the transfer portal. I mean, cupboards bare there. Tennessee's just looking at another a, a terrible year. They're going to be down there with Vandy and South Carolina, in my opinion. In the East, they're looking at they're looking at some bad days ahead of them because of how badly they fudged up this this hire. It's just it's, it's going from bad to worse in Knoxville. Um, but it's not totally incredibly terrible all right they did nope. bring in no they, they, <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean look joe milton uh wasn't wasn't great last season he also wasn't absolutely terrible he could he could benefit from a fresh place um Hendon hooker was an interesting thing actually i think more so i think getting joe milton after you had already gotten Hendon hooker was a very interesting move. Uh, yeah. Hendon Hooker, a more than capable starting quarterback. Um, and yeah, I mean, the O-line gave up 29 sacks last year and it's only bringing back two people. Uh, there's they get no... Cade Mays from Michigan. Uh, that'll be a nice plus. Yeah, and I don't really know who emerges as a dynamic playmaker. Um, and yeah, the defense struggled last season. Great talent, just a lack of depth. Um, lot, a lot of work with. They, I mean, they did work in the portal a lot, but yeah, there's. It's gonna be an interesting season, I think, for Tennessee. I think so it's gonna be a new, a new thing. We'll see. Yeah, let's let's watch the stink of who out there in Georgia, who I think, in my humble opinion, are going to be one of the best teams in college football this year. I'm high. I'm high on the dogs, Devin. I agree. I agree with you. I'm pretty high on the dogs this year, too. If only they still had George Pickens. George Pickens injured himself this year, or this offseason, sorry. He would, I mean, a definite NFL guy at wide receiver. Uh, messed up his knee. It's unfortunate. But they get LSU transfer Eric Gilbert, who they said they're going to just trot out at wide receiver sometimes. So that's a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good solution for that. I mean, they still have Zamir White. They have James Cook. And I've JT Daniels is the best quarterback that wasn't Justin Fields that George has had in a very long time. I think since the Stafford era. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a big debt. 
I mean, I the, the O line just, is the can't O-line. believe you just dissed Aaron Murray like that. That was rude. I will do that all day, every day. Oh, the God. defense is the defense is great for Georgia this year again. I mean, it, it's it seems like a cheat code that they're they're bringing in Tyke Smith from West Virginia. I mean, the whole O line, or not O line. I'm sorry, the whole D line is outstanding. Adam Anderson's a, a terrifying man, former mm-hmm. five star. I mean, they they just got they got the dudes on defense. That's never the question for them. Like I'm. Never worried about them bringing it on defense, but like, I mean, they bring in Darion Kendrick. It's yep. uh, it, it, it's cheating. It's, it's cheating that it uh, comes over from Clemson. Sorry, bad podcasting cornerback. But that that defense is has always been great for for the Kirby Smart Bulldogs, and now all of a sudden that offense is coming into form with a formidable quarterback. I, I, I Georgia is my is my title favorite right now. Dang. Yeah, I mean, it's, right it's, now. it's hard to it's hard to bet against them this season. I mean, we got to see a little bit of JT Daniels, um, not as much as what we we had hoped, uh, but this will be the first full season of JT. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking it's going to be a pretty dangerous offense. Obviously, fantastic defense. They're going to be right up there at the top again, um, and they're going to be able to do stuff that they obviously couldn't do with a certain quarterback who liked to choke all the time. So uh, <laughs> it should, it should be quite fun for Georgia, Georgia fans. Oh yeah. I think it's title or bust this year. I think we're running it back like 1980. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, with, with, with that team, that's going to wrap up the sec and that's going to wrap up this podcast, buddy. We did it. We got through, we got through the most fun episode of, of the preseason. Yeah. Uh, most fun, probably the longest. Uh, and the teams. most technical difficulties. And the most technical difficulties. Um, but uh, at, at the very least, we did get the big boy out. Um, and, <laughs> and just to think in a few years, we're going to have to add two more teams to the SEC about, which Jesus. Just gives me a headache already. You should be so. thankful that we got out of here today before <laughs> we hit the five-hour mark. <laughs> I agree. All right. Well, that'll about do it this this week for a triple option pass. Devin, uh, I don't have the, the plug sheet in front of me. Do you? I don't have it up, but we do have some, some good contact coming out from Divine Rhyme. Uh, of course, Linsanity is coming at you. I mean, uh, all tons of contact coming out. Uh, pretty dang soon and per usual schedule. So uh, make sure to keep track of that. Absolutely. Just as, as a good rule, just listen to triple option pass stuff. Our, our guy Dylan Hughes at on Twitter at by Dylan Hughes just came out with a new book. Yeah. At, another one at the beginning of the month. Yeah. Number two. Another one. Yeah. Number two. Most, most impressive thing you can say about the guy. Second book. He's our age. So definitely go give that a buy. I, he calls it no pressure, finding happiness, happiness in a fear-driven world. I mean, go give it a read. Why not? He's a very talented man. Uh, nothing but free plugs around these parts. And uh, I think that'll about do it for the triple option pass, boys. Anything to add, Devin? Oh, I think that's pretty much it. All right. So for Devin Voss, this is Ryan Gregory signing off. Have a good one, folks. <laughs>